You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's R&B Divas LA After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's R&B Divas LA After Show. Hey. Because I'm happy. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Yep. And I sing you. Show off. Because I'm free. Yeah. Hey. Well. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like well. that. Yeah, I like how I kind of brought yeah. that in, right? Mm-hmm. I was just kind of lip syncing it really? up. <laughs> <laughs> All the way through lip syncing. It's about time. Hello, <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV. Bingus for doing it. We're doing another episode here on AfterBuzz TV for mm-hmm. RB Divas uh, LA. This is the season finale. And what you heard was Philip Bryan um, from his impromptu uh, uh, performance that he did when we uh, did an exclusive interview with his uh, yes. his wife, Slam Little Mo, this past Wednesday. So yes. thank you guys for tuning in. And, and, uh, um, and leaving all the way comments for that, but that was a tidbit of Philip singing. It was mm-hmm. a duet that he and his wife sung. We had a really great time. We with, did. Uh, mm-hmm. With little Mo, she turned up. Yes, you can check did. it out. Make sure you yeah. check that out on YouTube and uh, and iTunes as well. Yeah, but again, as I said, my name is Bam Erickson, and I would like to introduce the panel for tonight. Woo! What's going on? I'm Megan Thomas, also known as at Scoop on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. What's up? It's Alfred Nolan Thomas II at All Eyes on Black. And it's Larice Peoples at True Peoples. I'm sorry. I love that shirt. Oh, it, it's like, <laughs> it gives me like '70s good times, right. but it's so it's so modern with the tats and the and the, the vest. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's like the shirt and the vest was like, you know what? When I looked you know at it, I was like, man, it kind of reminded me of like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's up, I like it. Nah, I like it. Like, you, know, like, you know, you know, <laughs> bringing it back, bringing it back. But let, now let's bring it back to last night's episode. So, okay, so the the monologues, it, it finally was here, and so let's mm-hmm. go into rehearsals. So, what did you guys think about um, what happened at the rehearsal? It ain't they fault. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Again, I just think it's one of those things is that everyone's kind of underprepared, but at, at the same time, everybody's like, okay, well, we're going to do our songs. And then at the last minute, they say, oh, nobody know, know our songs. That's just pretty much preparation. I think they just kind of like focus so much on, a, on the monologue that it just, they just forgot about the music preparation. And again, it, it could happen, but in the end, we actually saw that it turned out to be a great, you know, monologue. For me, Oh, for me, I felt when they were there was so bickering back and forth about not knowing the songs or singing the song full and complete. Like it's it's a uh, it's almost like a musical. And so when you're performing, all you have to do is when you're ready to sing the song because you're doing a monologue and and sometimes you may do a prompt. All you have to do is give the musical director a cue. All you have to do is turn around and maybe wink your eye or do something, and then the music goes. And then when you want the music to stop, 
You know how a choir director do. You put the hand <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You put, the, you put the hand up and and <laughs> that hush. And any, they're like hush. Mm. They're like okay. Any choir, any any musician knows that when you put the hand up, this means that you know go to the bridge and you're getting. Well, that means that you you're ready to end the song. Yeah. This means go to the bridge. So I mean, and Philip knows that yeah. because Philip is the church guy. So yeah, I don't know if that was something that they just did for the sake of camera and just for the sake of the show. Because for me that whole music part that should have been the easiest of their worries like that just so yeah. that was just like oh god get to the monologues I know, but I think here's here's why I think they were justified in feeling like it was tough because mm-hmm. it wasn't so much when to start and end the music it was about okay you got back, background singers you've never had before you've got musicians that's never played with you before um they hadn't even sang these songs with him before and yeah. I think that that for for me was a little a little weird because I feel like okay you guys are supposed to be singing as well as doing a monologue they should have had that rehearsal that was a day before that should have been a week before or at least like two or three days out but at the same time you gotta look at it like who was in charge even if it was Phil you know who was in charge on the musical part of the monologue should have had that taken care of the diva should already knew what song that they're going to sing so that hey I got these backup singers I can send it to them two or three days before as a normal production would go I'm gonna send these songs to them learn the words so when we come into rehearsal all we have to do is run over it fine tune it and that's it so whoever was in charge of the musical production of it they dropped the ball on it I mean for me it all goes down to this is what happens when a great idea is brought to a table of women and they this particular person decides to sabotage the situation, make her own show, or just go to the rehearsals. What particular person just, are you talking about? <laughs> the name? But in the situation of, like, with Kelly and what she did and, and the position that she put these particular women in, I applaud them. For, I was like, I was hoping and praying that I was right with my assumption that they would do the show, but they were able to pull themselves together, get to a point where they were in a fixated point where, yes, they were nervous, and I mean, it made sense why they were going going through their struggles and I mean I do believe they're professional enough to have been a little bit more prepared with what they had on their plate but the fact that they had that on their plate at the end of the day and that was all it was just nerves and people being willing to do it I'm like they showed amazing heart through all that adversity and those four strong characters pulled together and showed, you know, what I was hoping to show. Would be but, you about. know, it also kind of shows that, you know, Ashante and Claudette, the whole thing is that, you know, we need rehearsal, we need re- rehearsal. But they went through this rehearsal one time and did an amazing job. Right. And, and then also... Um, just going back, and I don't want to, you know, go too much in it, but, like, you know, I agree with you, uh, Black, that because of all the discombobulation before and the lack of rehearsal and this, this, all this, that, that's what caused all that. In addition to uh, Claudette, she missed a lot of rehearsals because of her family situation. Right. Yeah. And then Michelle, she wasn't there either, so I'm assuming she probably um, probably had, you know, scheduling conflicts because as we learned from the Little Mo interview, they all had, you know, right. gave their schedule for a certain amount of months. And, you know, they do perform for a living, so I'm going to assume that maybe Shantae, I mean, not Shantae, that Little Mo, not shoot, um, Michelle, Michelle probably missed rehearsals because she was busy or she right. had, you know, yeah. other engagements. Mm-hmm. So, I, I can see in I can see in the sense that 
a lot of them it's rehearsal for various reasons. Yeah. So I could, you know. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think it goes to show you, like you said, that they are very, this was the easiest part. Because mm-hmm. think about it, they only had one day of practice. <laughs> and they were able to do all of that, you know, they were, they didn't even know if they were going to do full songs, half songs. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Alfred, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fred Thomas was like, hey, you guys can do a full song if you want to, a half song if you want to. Mm-hmm. And I really thought it was funny how little Mo says to him, like, Fred, this is the meanest you have ever been. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you, he better be mean. Y'all got to perform tomorrow. Yeah. His yeah. name is on this and, as director. And he needed to he needed to put his foot down. So mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. The girls obviously did get it together. But there was something else that happened at the rehearsal. So let's just go ahead and just get it out there. So little Mo gets a text or a tweet or some kind of message. Hmm, I wonder who gave her that text message. I'm not going to say any names, but I think we all know. Let's do like they do on the uh, on the on the reunion in uh, ATL. You know, I think we all know who probably did that, <laughs> right? Who did it? But I you wish know. I had a white chalkboard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. And so Little Mo gets Little Mo gets a text, and then of course they see uh, the 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 photo of Billboard Markey of Don and Kelly for the monologues and. And Little Mo in great fashion form says, Don don't even look like that no more. <laughs> but she doesn't though. She doesn't. She doesn't. Not I mean, not, not, she doesn't look bad, but I'm saying you could tell that was a picture that was taken during her MO days. Mm-hmm. It was. I'm just saying. You know? She That's aged a little far, bit. That's okay. False marketing and stuff. Oh no, come what, to the show. What do you guys think about that, you know? Kelly says that she's busy, her schedule doesn't allow, but I'll be there. And she wasn't there, and now boom, the bomb is dropped that there's this that there's this uh monologue with the two. I think it's utterly sad. I mean, honestly, honestly I I'm thinking with it supposed to be a reality TV show that the relationships that the women have with each other are authentic and real. And with the way things were coming out of Kelly's camp when it comes to how she treats her friends, I'm like well, I'm kind of glad I'm not in your circle if this is the kind of stuff that you're real, well, I want to say real friends because you don't treat real friends like that, but supposedly your close friends are, and I think that's the one thing that you see with Lil Mo she keeps going through so much because she's really hurt. Yeah, I mean, overall, I just want to say that um, what we can do is ask our viewers, make sure you go to iTunes, rate us, uh, let us know what you think about the whole season of R&B Divas LA. Mm-hmm. It is the first season, and we did watch the season finale last night. Please go on iTunes. You can download to your podcast, your iPad, your Android phone. Please rate us, quote us. If you have any questions with us, please let us know. Um, also, the podcast. podcast, hey, we need y'all to download it because that's what keeps us here. But overall, I just want to say the thing about Kelly is that <clears throat> I agree with you, Black, but you have, again, the schedule conflict is a, was a big issue with her. I mean, overall, we just kind of see, like, Kelly kind of unraveled throughout the whole entire season of R&B Divas L.A., but, again, like I said before, Kelly is the more of a dictatorship. As long as she's in, she's in control of everything that's happening, she's happy. As soon as everything starts to unravel, she don't have control of it, you know, then she's like, oh, I don't want to be a part of it. It's more of like saying she's a quitter. And she's been very successful in her life, but at the same time, it's her sex- success due to the fact that she's in control of her success and if things don't work her way, it's just like, oh, well, I'm not going to deal with you. I'm just going to find, find some other way to do, to do it. Right. And that's what she did with the Divas. Basically, like, <clears throat> the six of them started off. She didn't like the way Fred was doing things. And, and, I, and I, I don't take it away from Fred. I just kind of take it away from Kelly because same way that she want all the divas to open up, you know, to Tori, and the same thing, the same way the divas wanted her to open up to Fred. Fred basically had a format of what the monologue should be like. 
Kelly didn't have everything in control. And I think she just kind of lost control of it, which allowed her to kind of separate herself from her friends because I think she was just kind of shamed for her actions. Right. I mean, I'll say this. I think that I want to hear Kelly's side of the story because I feel like this just doesn't make sense. Like, you can't... Why would you boldface lie to people on national television at that and say, oh, I don't have time, and then go and do your own thing. There's got to be something that we're missing. So I really just want to hear what her side of the story is because she can't be that crazy. Why are you laughing, man? I don't think it's crazy. I just think it's more so of a lie, being in control. That's, but that's what I'm saying. You, it's just, it's, it's, it just doesn't make sense to me how she could go and say to these people, I don't have time. But then you go turn around and do the same exact thing that you said you didn't have time for. So if you're going to be, I just believe in being a real person. If you have something to say, you say it to them. If you, if you don't want to be a part of their show because you don't like Shantae, then say that. And say, I'm going to start my own show. Okay. And that's, that's what it was. Is that, okay, well, if I can't do it with you, I'm going to do it by myself. And why, you know, didn't she, why couldn't she tell them that instead of them finding out through text message? Because, you know, it's like, boom, I did it. without It's like a slap in the face when they got a text. And, oh, you know, it's a day before the show. I'm just going to send it to them just, just so they can kind of see that, hey, I got my own show. One monkey don't stop a show, like Shantae always says. Like, oh, well, I'm doing the same thing, too. But well, who do you think, think y'all sent the... Who do y'all think this text message was sent from? Do you... start. The wizard. No, I'm saying, okay. <laughs> the wizard. Like, okay, that's what I thought. But I, it sounded like you were saying, like, Kelly sent it to him. Like, what? But, like, no, her okay. whole demeanor throughout that whole show, it went from one extreme to, a, to yeah. another. I mean, from the beginning of the first two, maybe three, maybe four episodes, she was real, like... Home girlish, come family, let's sit together, let's powwow, let's let's be inspired, let's right. all organically come together. Then it became this whole other caricature. Her her glasses changed, her walk changed, the way she talked to people. But she had props. She had it's like everything. There was so much added on and so much um, manipulated and twisted when it became the what's going on with her. Why is she making these decisions? I I, I mean, it is something that I would feel like she would. I, I would love to for her to explain. Yeah, I just think the beginning of the show that everybody kind of gravitate towards her because it was her idea. She brought everyone together. So, or is it her idea? That is true. Well, she claimed the idea idea as hers, so everybody felt like, oh, she know what she's talking about. She know what she's doing. So let's kind of gravitate towards her because she's leading and guiding us to, to try to make this monologue successful. When everybody starts to see that, hey, she do not know what she's doing, then it's like, well, <laughs> we really don't need you. We can kind of do this ourselves. But at the same time, they gave her the opportunity to come in and invite her in to like, okay, here's the other options. We're gonna look for we're gonna look for a producer. We're gonna look for this. You know, we need help with this. Are you gonna be here? Are you not gonna be here? She just felt like, oh well, I don't have time and that was her excuse and I just felt like that was just kind of a cop out because she's not a real buddy but you can be our real buddy and go to SerialBuddies.com and download Adventures of Serial Buddies it's a great hilarious comedy and if you download the movie you help us here at After Buzz TV you help keep the lights on you help us to keep this programming free and ad free at that <laughs> so make sure you go to SerialBuddies.com download the movie there's Maria Menounos in it Artie Lang Christopher, Kathy Lee Gibbert Kathy Lee Gibbert Sorry. Christopher Lloyd Amy Winkler everybody and then Grandmama is in this movie so make sure you download the movie and you can also go to iTunes and search Adventures of Serial Buddies thank you um, I was looking at some of the YouTube comments from some of our shows and someone uh, I didn't get the name but someone on YouTube said they watched a little more interview and they saw the the plug for for Serial Buddies and someone said because <laughs> Uh, because of Little Mo on After Buzz, we're gonna go and get Serial Buddy. So right, I right. thought that was I thought that was so great. Good, thank okay. you. Right. Thanks, Little Mo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so I mean, there's really not much else we can say about 
the whole Kelly Don situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that if given the opportunity um, and we do speak to Kelly, I think we can just, you know, ask and just find out because there's too many. There's so many different stories that's that's being told. You have mm-hmm. you have. Um, you have Don saying you have Don and her doing interviews. You got Little Mo. You got Shantae. There's just so much going on that um, I don't know who the hell is telling the truth and who's lying. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. But let's get into now the monologues, and we could just go mm. right into At that lovely yeah. theater. Yeah, monologue. Uh, there is has any, amazing. Has anyone ever been to that theater? I've driven no. past it, the El Portal. Where is that? Is that across? It's, from, um, it's in Hollywood. Is that across North from the Hollywood? Kodak Theater? Yeah. From from by the, the Chinese next, theater by where yes. they do Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know where they do Jimmy Kimmel. Okay, okay. <laughs> I never been, but it, it seems like a really nice. nice theater. Yeah. Okay, but one thing I did notice that why were the divas walking up? Where was the? There was no car drop off. There was no. I was expecting more of a grand entrance. They look like. They parked around the corner because you know, you know, mm-hmm. behind behind the uh, behind uh, the El Porto Theater and the Pant- uh, Pantages Theater, you know, there's a lot of parking from around <laughs> around the block. So the way they were walking, it seemed like they just kind of walked from around the corner. They parked their car by the meters <laughs> they and, they just, and they just walked. Hey, it's a budget, yeah. budget, okay? I know, right? Budget. You said they just got this together budget, the day okay. before. Yeah. They didn't have time for all budget that. Budget costs. Yes, but <laughs> let's go into let's go into Shantae's. Um, I thought I thought the intro was really good. I liked mm-hmm. how yeah. they walked out, how they had the chairs. The lighting. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought the setup was really, really great. It's supposed to be like the view. That's what I felt like when I saw <laughs> the it. view. <laughs> yeah, the way they said they kind of had their yeah. little chillness and the, the calm mm-hmm. cups. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. But, yeah. But I did. I did like the. I did like the setup. Yeah. But yet mm-hmm. we didn't during the actual uh, during the actual play. Fred was nowhere to be in sight. There were no clips or scenes of him backstage or him, you know. I think it's probably it more about the divas at that moment right. because mm-hmm. I guess there's really not much you can do, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Shantae. What you guys I think? think she did a great job. Yeah. Like seriously, from the beginning when she first got down, I was like, "Why is she kneeling <clears throat> in the chair itself?" But then you kind of understand like she's acting like she's six years old. You know, it's kind of like touching because everybody kind of took themselves back to like, "Oh, I remember like when I was like younger, mom and dad, the love and affection that they used that they have growing up." And everybody <laughs> wants to kind of en- endure that like growing up as a child. But as she kind of progressed mm-hmm. into not it, everybody. Most people. (laughs) (laughs) But as she kind of, like, progressed into her monologue, I just think, like, her transition was great. Mm -hmm. The meaning behind, like, the love... And just overall, as she continued to express herself, I think I think she did a great job. The nervousness it wasn't there. I think a lot of time when people actually start talking about their past or actually start just reaching out to people, all the fear kind of goes away, and you really able to express yourself a lot more and be able to (laughs) be able to get people attention more you know and and so they can kind of basically engage into who you are as a person i think she did a great job uh, yeah i liked it I, I mean i think it's hard when you have to act like a, a child <laughs> if they, you know at first i was like what is this chick doing but it makes sense and it also makes sense how it plays into her life because if you see you know she's been married twice and and both of these marriages were pretty long i mean by hollywood standards they were pretty long so <laughs> i think you know she really is in search of love and this i'm glad she showed this side of her so she just doesn't look like a a crazy chick who just wants to so badly to have a man for no reason yeah. but you see where it stems from so it makes sense I mean, was that I, Kenny in all this? No. Uh, <laughs> I was like, is that Kenny? No, that because. No, 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 no. With papers no. trying to serve her. <laughs> I was like, man, he's very supportive. No, no, no. No, that, that was not Kenny. No, I, I thought just the overall story of, you know, from her idolizing marriage, you know, mm-hmm. based off of her parents' uh, relationship and all their great love. Yeah. Um, and 
a whole twenty year old a guy from the choir and she was fourteen. Disturbing, but I mean it's the truth. What can it you happens. say? It, it happens. happens a lot. You so, know, it does happen yeah. a lot. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know. But I thought she did a great job with Crimea River. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's go into uh let's go into Little Mo. Oh Cynthia my. versus Little Mo. I liked it. I I thought that was one of my um favorite pieces in the sense of uh you know, I think uh, Little Mo is such a strong uh, person in general, and I think a lot of her fans just feed into the energy of just who she is as the the complete package of her voice, her swag, her whole <clears throat> image. But I think it's hard. I think a lot of people um, fail to see that that is that same Little Mo image <clears throat> is somebody just like you are. How you she could have been a regular person just like anybody. She could have just been your hairstylist that had the bomb voice that you know we're supposed right. to. <laughs> but in the, in the sense of you know, uh, I think all of us, especially if you're in the entertainment business and you're trying to go for a certain kind of stature, there is a, a point where there becomes a divide of the real you compared to. The you you becoming or the you that you all of a sudden realize you are right now when things all of a sudden hit the fan, you have the money, the fame and all these other elements that can make you feel great, but also can break you down as a person. And that original you may not have agreed with that if they had known they would get caught up in that. And I thought that was the revealing of that separation and the things that she went through as a person and the little mode depiction taking that to be to use for fame and how she as a real person is still there even though yeah. the only people when they see her Cynthia they see little mo that whole thing i thought was really right. well done especially for her not to be as exposed i mean she did the color purple like she said but at the same time i think uh that was another level for her another uh another uh stepping outside and the work that they put in with fred really showed i think you could tell that she put in the most work when it came to that and did you notice that song i was going to say th- yeah. that That's was a, she made that it. was a a couple that episodes she, ago. That yeah. A couple episodes, she was just in a studio freestyling. Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah, so what I know, I'm flat. And then that, that. <laughs> That's <laughs> that, all you took from that? Yeah, well, I know no, I'm flat. <laughs> and so I, I thought, I thought that was a, that really goes mm-hmm. to show uh, what a great uh, skill she has for for um, for writing songs right. because she just she totally or it appears she she freestyled that song and then that's the actual song mm-hmm. and the way she's able to sing with her with her voice but then kind of give you that whole little that, nice that switch up this the switch up and the swag to it I mean I thought the song was hot. You mean like this? <laughs> you said she was gonna sing good today. No, I did. Lie. That is good. Okay, well, wow. good garbage. So, <laughs> and so when she was here, she was she was doing the whole throw the L up, and I didn't want to. I just didn't ask her. I didn't know what it mean. Like, okay, maybe that's just kind of her little signature thing, L. But I get it now. Mm-hmm. You know? What is L supposed to say for other than Lomo? I thought it means to to live because yeah, to so. live to live or for life because. Um, you know, she tried to kill like Cynthia tried to kill Little Mo, and so she wants she now she's she's who she is, and now she's she's living. So that's what I thought the L was for, not okay. Little Mo. Oh, I, like I just think that when people when <laughs> I, when you say Cynthia tried to kill Little Mo, I think it's kind of like 
Bipolar. I don't want this. I love the pain. I hate you. I might be that movie that they were like in the hotel room trying to get the dude to kill all those personalities. I'm just joking a little more. I mean, we understand. It makes a great point. Well, we can tweet her and ask her what the L stands for. Now, let's go into let's go into Claudette. She's still beautiful as ever. She is. And you remember I said the very first episode, I was like, yo, she has no self-worth. You can tell by the uh, the way her life has been. And I was I was so happy that she came on this show because I felt like she would re- reclaim some of that. So it's really good to see her talking about that. And she's like, you know, I'm killing self-worth. Yeah. Self, well, self-worth that she d- doesn't have, I should say. I think a lot of times when they kind of have touching stories, and I think everybody have those type of interaction in their life that is life-changing you know her the self-worth and what happened to her but her being able to speak out about it it kind of makes it relevant to other people that yeah it's okay to talk about it it's you know but also make sure you 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 identify your surrounding other people that you are she's 14 years old the guy's 18 years old already it's, it's the age don't match up but at the same time you have to identify what are the risks of talking to someone older that much older than you you know, and her situation, it was a tragedy. And with that tragedy, she learned how to be better with herself, even though it kind of carried into, like, several different le- relationships. But now she kind of understand, again, like you said, she kind of got her self-worth back. Right. You know, here's an opportunity for her to really to re um, revive her career, her lifestyle. And I think just kind of speaking out to the, to the aud- audience that people kind of understand who she, are, who she is as a person. Because at first, you know, she really didn't say much throughout the whole entire show but now we kind of understand that you know what she do have a voice she do have an opinion and that you know we understand why she is the way that she is black go ahead I'm gonna say my my little (laughs) one thing real quick and get in and out because I think this is a real touchy uh, topic Uh, I noticed that uh, the age range between when the girls went through you know their horrible situations being 14 and the dudes either being 18 or 20 I mean for me it made me feel some type of ways because I think uh, with the way society is and how there can be, um, I think, I, well, let me say, I feel bad for what they went through when I don't, there's no excuse for making bad decisions. You know what I'm saying? When they were referring to those guys as these men, yeah, they were men, but not necessarily technically when it comes to real life and real processing. I think they're just as, well, not maybe those guys in those situations weren't victims, but I think the way society is and how they, you know, uh, you can go to jail younger and younger now based off of the way they're looking at us and the kind of crimes that, you know, men go through. I mean, I, I hate to say that we have to make wiser decisions when we're younger now. You have to be a smart 12-year-old in order to really survive this world. But at the same time, I feel that the way it was depicted, I understood because they were predators in a sense, but at the same time, it's because this is such a touchy situation, it's probably a whole nother discussion to go into that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I felt uh, some kind of way, and 14 isn't hella, hella young to me, you know what I'm saying? So your decision, your mind, a 14-year-old, I've, I've been around them, they're kind of smart and kind of know what the world is. I mean, they are the ones who are exposed to the Miley Cyruses twerking in the videos and all this other <laughs> stuff. So, I mean, I mean, like I said, I have friends who've been accused of things um, and they're in the public eye based off of their surroundings and what these young girls are exposed to. I think that's a real great fickle kind of situation and area so I still felt bad and, and I don't want to get it twisted on how I looked at the fact that they were 14 and the, the guys were 18 and it's like it's like five years to six years I mean 
it was still bad, but I'm like, they're still of age to consciously they were boyfriends they were people that they chose to m- make love love I don't, know. I don't know if I agree with this certain I, I say situation this. I was like well I mean if you looking at them like they're such a man predator why are they your boyfriend and, and all of a sudden they switch and now all of a sudden he's the bad guy yes he, he is the bad guy because of what he did but he wasn't bad when you was dating and when everything but, but led the, up to that but I'm here's the saying. thing Black, because, because these girls are girls they're 14 I'm not saying okay these men are grown okay that, that, that you're agreed but not every woman has a protector, especially girls that go through mm-hmm. this stuff at that age. Sometimes they don't have anybody to teach them that you're 14. You shouldn't be messing with an 18-year-old man. There's a thrill that comes with it when you're 14. Mm-hmm. You think like, oh, I'm so pretty. This guy, he's older than me. I'm the bomb. You're thinking Decisions that. Decisions we make have consequences. You, agreed. But no mm-hmm. means no. If a woman exactly. comes to your house and she says no, mm-hmm. I'm on my cycle, as Claudette says to this I man. I don't want to have sex with and you. And I don't want to take that from there. And so what I'm saying <laughs> is it's, it doesn't matter if he was 15 and she was 14 or if he was 35 and she was 14. The fact that she said no. No means no. The first no means no. So the fact that he just continued to do whatever he wanted and have his way with her, even though she came over there, she thought that she was going over there, you know, in her innocent mind of a child who doesn't who doesn't know that there's a lot of predators out there. She's thinking it's okay. She's thinking this is my boyfriend. He would never harm me. But you also- so I wouldn't blame, I, I can't blame anybody that goes through something like that. And I cannot, oh. I cannot say that a, a, a girl who is 14 is should take yes we all have personal responsibility but when you're 14 and some man tries to use his sex against you no man that is 18 plus should ever be trying to have sex with a woman under 18 because guess what it's against the law it's called statutory but rape this is just my question you also have to ask how many times had this happened before where a man tried to have sex with a 14 year old in that case <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> in Claudette's case I'm pretty sure that, that wasn't the, fo- the first attempt that he ever tried to be like okay cool let's have sex let me touch on you and she's like no okay and then all of a sudden he probably just like you know what I'm just going to take it you know does that make it okay no I'm not saying it's okay <laughs> but at the same time like women have to identify the fact that okay well this person is really trying to have sex with me whether it's the first time or whether it's the fifth time I got to kind of distance myself and put myself in a better situation because I know one day He's going to want it real bad. Something bad can possibly happen. Like, you're 14 years old. You have an 18-year-old person basically like, trying to have sex with you. you. You know what? You should tell yourself, I, you know what? I need to take, remove myself out of the situation. Boyfriend or no boyfriend, I don't want this in my life. Agree, but, but I'm just saying there should be, we have to defend our little girls. That's, that's what I'm saying. And, and most of the times, the reason why girls choose guys like this is because they don't have a man to tell them, you are beautiful, you are precious. Don't ever yeah. let no man lure you to his house <laughs> at 11 p.m. You know, they don't know that. They're you have young to, adult men. Men that need to be protected too, in the sense of how they're out, how they're looked, based off of these situations. I I do agree that when you make bad decisions, you should be looked at like the predator and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, when I was eighteen, I was still young and growing. And if you know my girlfriend that we are in a relationship with happens to be young and her parents agreed and all that, then those are situations and. Um, society standards that have to be looked at and discussed and talked about, especially when it comes to your daughter and what they're doing when it comes to their dating life and putting themselves in certain situations. I just say, I don't justify, I don't, um, condone what Homeboy did. I don't, I don't look at her like she's not a victim. I just say in the situation of all of a sudden he becoming some man and being the evil type thing, I think he's still a young boy caught up in the world that we set up. It's just like how when you get married and you divorce, she gets half, even though she ain't really do nothing, or vice versa if it's weighed over heavy. I still think you just got to talk about that so it gets better. And I okay, still think that we are going to move on. Yes, we are. <laughs> so let's go into Michelle A. 
Um, what's <laughs> I love her. She's, I, she is so yeah. comedic. Like, she's, she, she is. She's so funny. You know, the uh, first couple of things that she said, you know, she had the audience laughing. You know, she says that um, <clears throat> she says that she was a bad mother. She was a bad friend. I love her. And she wouldn't even sleep with nobody. <laughs> and so, and that's, and I mean, she totally just broke the comic relief and people started laughing. And so, but I think she did a great job at, at, when she needed to be serious, mm-hmm. she hit the mark for the oh, yeah. serious marks, right. and then she went back to the co- comedy. So that I guess maybe so that it wasn't so sappy because other women's stories were so, you know, it it was kind of somewhat emotionally draining for 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 some people to have to take in some of the information. But the way she did it and the way she was talking about, you know, how she was, uh, you know, tried to commit suicide and how her last uh, the last person that she saw was her daughter, and that while she was drugged on two different on four different medications that the last person she saw was her daughter and the last words was goodbye. Mm. And so it was, you know, it was, I laughed and then I I was sad. And so, you know, I think, I think she did what, what she, yeah, what she wanted to convey is what I think most people, you know, took in. I thought she was a great engine uh, or a great last person to go. Mm -hmm. I felt, uh, I don't know why, but no, I do know why. Uh, she came off like Richard Pryor to me. A lot of his uh, comedy was real, real and and dark and right. painful yeah. as far as what he was really, really talking about. But at the same time, you'd be busting out laughing just by his <clears throat> delivery and his way of uh, interpreting what he went through. And I felt like that was the same situation with her, where she just naturally fell into that, and people were very warm and receptive, although shocked and in awe of what was going on because it's not it's not very easy to talk about anything, but it's definitely not easy to talk about it in a chill kind of way. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. especially talking about your baby yeah. to mm-hmm. tell your, your child and then, goodbye. And then on their finale, they all came out and they were singing time after time. Time uh, after time. Oh. Um, that was good. That was actually really good. Why you hating? After, time after time by, uh, <laughs> by pop star Cindy Lauper. Mm-hmm. And... What I what I liked about the finale was I was expecting Little Mo or Shante to drive home the drive home the song. Yeah, it was Claudette. Mm-hmm. It yeah. Claudette I was surprised because Claudette, her personality, she's not. You know, like okay, you know, like um, when they used to do finales at award shows, yeah. and there was always one or two people that kind of just. You know, drove it home that like yeah. the lead singers that when, when Beyonce gets the opportunity, you know, if she give the girls a couple of notes and then Beyonce's gone, she's gonna take you there. Little Mo and Shante Moore are more those, those take you there. I'm not, close the show. N- not Claudette. So when she was there and she was, I thought that was terrific that she's the one that drove it home. I thought that was great. So she understands her self worth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I felt like it, I mean, when I think about her in, in her city high days, mm-hmm. she would take it there. If you've ever seen them in concert, she would take it there. She 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 put her soul into it. She mm-hmm. might be, you know, introverted in person or she mm-hmm. may just kind of be quiet when you see her, but when she's get on that stage and she starts singing, yeah. she'll take you there. So. All right. Well, she absolutely take a sand. Well, hold on, wait a second. You. I wanna know who's who do y'all think was your favorite monologue? Oh. That's what I wanna know. <laughs> I said Lil Mo was mine. Who? Lil Mo. Lil Mo. Larice. Um, comedically. No, just in general. <laughs> uh, in the real world. Nah, I can I can relate with Lil Mo. I like uh, I think Misha Lays the most. 
hers is lighthearted. Yeah, it was comedic, right. so that's but why it was I was like heavy. Yeah. But it was like it's a really serious subject I just, matter. I love Michelle because she's so like she's so funny. Mine was mine was Little Mo followed by Michelle. Yeah, and so now let's go into news and gossip. After Buzz yeah. TV news. Well, okay, I ahead. have something to say I have a about Kelly mm-hmm. Price, our girl. Mm-hmm. Kelly Price. Um, so she just did an interview recently on CNicky.com, and um, right, they've just released a trailer. Haven't released the entire interview yet. But she says in the interview that <clears throat> she, um, every, she wasn't, you know, everybody was busy. And I guess that was in regards to the question asked about, you know, you said you were busy, but you guys end up doing a monologue anyway. She said during the show, everyone had scheduling issues and everyone was busy at one time or another. So that's her response. I'm really wanting to see what the rest of this interview says, because I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. So you're just going to use that as your excuse? You're going to keep lying. But you, but, you still, right. but you still did a monologue. Right. And then she also said that um, <clears throat> that everything you see is her, is real. And she said you see her in her most extreme forms. You know, everyone's capable of being one way or another in their extreme form. So I didn't see what was extreme about the show, but okay. nothing extreme about what she did mm-hmm. yeah, and oh. how she reacted to people. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just her. Okay, <laughs> that's just her. Exactly. I have exactly. I, I have two things. The first thing is um is I love when we I, I love when I hear stories about people who find out about After Buzz. Uh, we've been really fortunate on the show where you know people have heard about our After Show. They call in, they write in. You know, Tori, uh, Don Robinson's husband, all of these people just have heard of our show. And so a friend of mine who lives in the Bay Area was at the car wash and he was watching our. Don't laugh. He was watching our. He was watching um our After Buzz recap for yeah. uh, Aubrey Divas. He was watching it on a cell phone and so he heard the, the intro. You know, After Buzz TV. You know the whole intro mm. and. So the guy, some guy next to him was like, what are you listening to? And he was like, oh, you know, my friend does a show after Buzz. And he was like, um, um, I know of after Buzz. And then they start having this conversation. <laughs> and he actually watches our show on RB Divas as well as some other shows. Okay. And his name is Jeff from San Leandro. And he goes to Cal State, uh, uh, Cal State East Bay. Wow. And he's also a journalist ah. major. So I just want to say hi to Jeff. Up, and Jeff? thank you for Thanks, watching. Yeah. You know. So I thought that was I thought that was really cool. I think that's great when always we always hear things about how people hear about Afterbus TV. And then the last information that I have is some Kelly Price news. Last night, <laughs> um, for those who are watching, um, I was at Kelly Price's auditions for the Too Fat for Fame, and uh, I'm photoed there with Faith Evans and Kelly Price. All right, so Too Fat for Fame. Let me just explain what what fa- Too Fat for Fame is. <laughs> what the fuck is that so, name? <laughs> Kelly's. Um, this is Kelly's vision where for anyone who's ever felt like. Like they've been told you're too fat for fame or you're too fat to be successful you're too fat to be a singer you're too fat to be a dancer whatever the situation is I'm about so too buff to be a model <laughs> <laughs> you can be on the show too okay um, <laughs> and so she has these auditions for, for both men and women for anyone who's told they've been too fat for anything so it was at um, a theater in uh, Hollywood last night and there were they were God. There was probably hundreds of people who were there um, auditioning, and she had a panel of celebrity judges. Um, besides Kelly Price, there was a comedian, Lunell. Lunell, I love there her. Was, uh, a fit, there was a fitness. There was a, uh, the dancer, choreographer, Lorianne Gibson, who's known for choreo- uh, who, who's known for doing the choreography for um, Honey. for Lady Gaga. Have, you've worked with her before, too, right? No? No, I haven't no. worked with her, but okay. she did Honey. Oh yeah, she did, honey. And so, um, and Shirley Ralph was there. And yes. so it was, it was an all day thing. And so after they select who's gonna be, um, uh, I think maybe, I think 12 people, 
they all live in a house together, and then I think the the winner、um, gets a prize. So I just thought that's really cool that. You know, Kelly. It's no. It's no surprise that Kelly、um, is is plus size, and she's been always told that she's too fat for too fat for fame. So she wants to give other people、um, the opportunity who's been told they're too fat for fame. So regardless of how you feel about her behavior、um, on R&B Divas, I think it's great that she's been that she's at least doing other stuff、um, as well. So what do you guys think about that? She's a good person. She just—I mean, I think it's a great opportunity just for、know. other people to kind of get the exposure.、Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, a lot of people kind of get turned down because of their size, because of their look, or for whatever the reason. But it's going to be kind of interesting to see twelve people living in a house. Almost like Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs>、yeah. I know, but I'm just saying though. Like, so basically, and what the, was and you gave me a look? I, I, have, I gave you. I gave you. Let me tell you two things.、Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. No, but I gave you a look because number one, yet again, you went somewhere else. You did not invite us. Boom. That's why I gave you that look. You didn't tell us. But the other thing I'm saying is, as a former fatty myself, I used to be 200 pounds. I will say I don't really like this show because. So what the winner is what the the most talented fat person like that's not okay. <laughs> I don't like、I'm、the、serious. name. I don't like the name、right. too fat for fame. But my thing is like, like with the show itself, is it going to be like oh well we're going to put you on a weight loss challenge and all? No, I don't think that's what it is.、But、I think of course they don't have health. Yeah, the they, they love they, 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 yeah, they love themselves. Be fresh. And that's and okay. So I have, again, as a former fatty, I have a problem with this. Okay. I don't like the name. I just don't like fat. But I do get it because how's it spelled? B H A T. But in the industry. I, I mean, I have heard people say, "Anya, you know, she's too fat." I've heard, or he's too fat. So I get the too fat for fame, but just the word "fat," I don't like. I mean, it really just depends on what they're trying to do with their life and in their career. But of course, you know, they do have plus size models and everything. But at the same time, if it's something musically or acting, it's a possibility you can get in there. It's all about who you know. But overall, I mean, it's kind of interesting to see what the show is about and what the person who's going to win out of twelve people and what type of structure of the show is going to be. Whether what type of challenges or <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna watch this. Be interested, you know. Know, to support Kelly too, but also be interesting. Like, what is the overall outcome? What are they going to receive out of like two months of taping? Well, <laughs> speaking of watching, I hope you guys watch and tune into、mm-hmm. us next week for. Although it's the finale, now they have a two-part reunion. So、uh, they don't have、week. Joe Claire, do they? No, Wendy Williams. She got skinny.、Oh, so、Wendy Williams. She was married, boy. Looking good, honey.、Like, Top well, heavy, boy. Well, 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 well. So、uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning in to Afterbus TV. Let everyone know where you can be found on social media. Oh, you can always find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Meg Scoop, like scoop of ice cream. And don't forget, go to cerealbuddies.com and download it. Adventures of Cereal Buddies. How you doing? <laughs> you can find me at All Eyes on Black, and if you are in the North Hollywood area, starting Sunday, September first, and every Sunday after, I'm having a grown folks game night.、Woo. It's at Good Night Bar, one zero seven two one Burbank Boulevard. And you can find me at. <laughs> Two buffer fame. Two buffer fame. At True People's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter.、Uh, also check out True People's Media. You funny. <laughs> and you can find me on social media at Bam Erickson on Twitter and Facebook. And you can also find me at Big Six Entertainment. Thank you guys for watching. And if you missed a little more interview, you guys can go to、um, our website at www.afterbuzztv.com, and you can find our interview with Little Mo and her husband Brian,、uh, Philip Brian. Thank you guys for watching. And、we'll see you next week for R&B Divas LA: The Reunion Part One. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.